for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. But yeah, when I first moved here, dude, you know, everyone was saying stuff like, it's going to take about three years for you to get settled in. And I was like, how is it possible for it to like take that long to get settled in? But literally, like last year was my fourth year here. And that was when I first started feeling like I actually had real friends. Oh, wow. It took me about eight months just to find a regular barber. So just the simple things in life, you know, a doctor to find your favorite grocery store to go to, you know, being in LA is like, it takes time to really feel like you're here. So five years in, I'm like, I know this place. Yeah, I got you. I got you. It's just one of those things where it's like, I think I'm at that point now where LA just might not be the move for me anymore. Like, I'm just... I don't, I don't want to sound like the old man, but moving out there at 33 just to kind of start over doesn't sound like a... Well, where are you now? I'm in uh, Waco, Texas. Okay. So okay. I've been here for about... It'll be a year next month. Okay. So. Nice. And yeah. you were coming from the Midwest to Texas? No. Uh. All right. So... I'm in Waco, Texas now. I was in Tallahassee, Florida for two years. And then before Tallahassee, Florida, I was in Roswell, New Mexico for four years. Uh, and then Ro- from Roswell, I lived with my after before Roswell, I lived with my parents for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was in Kentucky. I went to school at Southern Illinois. Ah, wow, bro. So, yeah. That's like the same stumping ground. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, so I've just kind of been traveling, and LA just seems like one of those places where I'd have to give it three years just to gain it's, any traction, and it's like... It's true. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like it'd be a lot easier to do if I just go in, like, smaller... Like, if I go there for a couple of weeks for business-related things, and then I just come back to wherever I'm at. You know, a lot of people that do that. Um, I have a lot of friends in um, Atlanta, and... When they need to be here, they're here. When they're not, they prefer to be there because it's just a little more homey. And, uh, you know, it just depends on your preferences. But I will say that time flies. <laughs> so it's not like you're just sitting around for three years. You know, you're hustling. And next thing you know, you look up and three years have gone by. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, I, that's at least that was my experience. But, I didn't believe it at first. I was like, what, you get settled in three years? No, I'm going to be moving and grooving in the first year. And nope, that's not what happened. Yeah, no, I, I got plenty of friends that went out there for like the film industry. And mm-hmm. they're just, they've been out there since, well, let's see. I left New Mexico October 2017. That means most of my friends moved out there at some point in 2016. And they're just now starting to get their footing and not like losing money at everything they do. So that's really crazy. But um, so we're just going to kind of roll into it since the conversation's already going pretty good. Um, (laughs) So you're in LA. So we're sitting here with Alonzo. Uh, How's it going today? Good. Uh, It's been a pretty productive day. Uh, I have a show on Friday. So um, this is actually like the only show that I'm doing of 2020. And um, it's a big concert on an app called Stream Live. Mm-hmm. And so we've been getting prepared for that. Um, I just released a single two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So we've been really busy. Nice. So this is the uh, what you're promoting on your Facebook right now, the big announcement that you have for tomorrow? Yes. Okay. So that big announcement will be the show details for Friday. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. 
But I was like, is he, are you letting the cat out of the bag early for us? Because that would be really interesting. But Oh, I totally just did. I mean, technically, that's what just happened. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, there I'm performing live <laughs> on Friday. Um, it'll be my single release concert. Okay. So that is definitely an exclusive for you guys. I didn't even think about that. But that's, I want to fly tomorrow and all the info will be there. And yeah. yeah, I got you. Okay. That's awesome. Is this, will, is this the first, this is the first virtual show you've done? Yeah. So I get offered like you know, Instagram lives and Facebook lives. I get offered at least, I'd say five or six of those a week. Mm-hmm. And I just turn all of them down because I'm not into putting my trust into technology. Mm-hmm. So with all of the sound issues and things that happen with those shows, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to sit it out, which is really hard because as a singer, you can imagine like how much I miss performing. Mm-hmm. But um, this show I, I decided to do because Stream Live is a very established app. They were doing this before COVID. Okay. It's a company that specializes in streaming live concerts and they have a real stage and lights and couple camera angles and it's a whole bit and and i'm big on if i'm gonna do it it gotta be right so it'll be right okay and it'll you'll be performing at at their wherever their setup is I'm yes gonna, okay they kind of like set up all over the country mm-hmm. um but this show will be here in los angeles they got a little studio in hollywood and my band and i'll just go over there play a quick gig and it's just crazy that this is my only show of the year yeah. So it's kind of like bittersweet, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just a crazy year, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like very few people thought it would have this kind of legs that like, I know when the pandemic first hit, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll sit tight for a couple months. And by June at the latest, Yep. We'll be back out there, and thought that I was like, we'll be fine by the summer. Nope. Yep. It's so bad now that even some of the earlier or earlier festivals that uh, my team and I go to, um, they cancel for next year already. No, they're planning on it just being a smaller festival, so in case they have to cancel it's not like a huge issue. Like there's a festival down in the Florida Keys that we go to. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the promoter cause we're really good friends with the promoter. And he's like, yeah, it's just going to be like local, not local bands, but like people from the state of Florida. Wow. So if we have to cancel, it's not like thousands of dollars of plane tickets and stuff. So. Yeah. That was uh, pretty frustrating too. I was booked for about five festivals this summer. And that was in March. Mm-hmm. So, you know, usually the bookings start coming in March, April, and May. I was already booked for five festivals this summer. And I was just like, <sighs> it really sucked to just get all of those shows canceled when this would have been like my first big hoorah. I was about to drop my album and everything. We pushed my album back to next year. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm seeing a lot of people doing that. Like, I'm glad you got, uh, we'll t- definitely be talking about your new single that just released the end of the end of August, two weeks ago, roughly? Yeah, we dropped it on uh, 28th of August. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be getting into that a little bit more, but I'm seeing a lot of people that are looking at doing like, or that have full length albums sitting in their back pockets. They're finding ways to just push it back to next year, especially if they're they're out there touring a lot, they want to tour off the album and promote it that way. You know, especially for t- independent artists, because we, we really need to be out there promoting. I don't know what just popped up on my screen. Am I here? All right. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, we need to be out there promoting. And I think the thing is, um, it's kind of, it's, it's this weird thing with wanting to be on the road, but also wanting to release at a time where there's not so much going on. So, like, as we get closer to the fall, we're about to have the presidential election take over social media, television, and everything. Then we got it's the already holiday. pretty much it's already pretty much there, right? And then we got the pandemic. We got uh, you know the different social equality movements that are going on. So it's just like 
there's just no way that an independent artist can really, really stand out from the things that are really controlling the media right now. And we've done great um, getting a little bit of traction for this single that I released, but as soon as we get out of this September, I'm going to be kind of like drifting away, <laughs> mm-hmm. let things happen how they're supposed to, and I'll be coming back next year. Yeah, gotcha. I got you. What were some of the festivals you were supposed to play this year? Uh, okay, I was booked for Lollapalooza. Okay. Chicago. Chicago. We'll, we'll definitely was, be talking Chicago stuff, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because I mean, I'm from Rockford, pretty yeah. close to Chicago. I was really excited about that. Um, we were tentatively talking about, um, I don't know what the name of the festival is, but it's a huge festival in Nashville, in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I was just really excited to go there because I've never been there before. And um, yeah, I was just really excited to just touch new ground and and get out and, and see different people and different fans that I've never met before. But yeah. You've never been to Nashville before? Never. I actually just got booked for something in Nashville in November though, but it's not confirmed, but it won't be just my show. Um, okay. I'll just be doing backup for, um, it's like this guitar legend show that I backup sing for where like, um, Billy, um, what's the, what's a lot of famous guitar type mm. of people though. They play there. But to have gone and done my own show would have been like so much better, but next year. Next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, a lot of these uh, music festivals that you got booked for, are they just up and moving the lineup from this year and placing it as next year's lineup? Because I've seen a lot of festivals doing that, but not everyone seems to be doing that. No. So, like, we were going to go for uh, South by Southwest. If South by Southwest comes back next year, Mm -hmm. we got to go through the whole process again. Oh, wow. So, that's... In a, in a way that works in my favor, because by then I'll have an album out. I'll actually be more qualified for these festivals next year because yeah. I'll have way more music to share, hopefully a larger following. And so um, it could play to my benefit. But to have to go through the application process, I was booked for uh, the, um, this, I want to say the San Francisco County Festival or... Mm something um there and uh i had to pay an application fee oh wow for that festival and i'm gonna have to pay it again just to submit again so you know that kind of stuff is is kind of frustrating but i i believe that everything happens for a reason and Mm -hmm. uh hopefully i'll be even more prepared when those opportunities come back yeah absolutely and i hope that uh at least for like south by southwest because i know how big that is for a lot of independent artists they'll at least give special they'll at least give special consideration to people that were supposed to be on this year's show that reapplied to be on next year's show i hope so that 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 would be the most ideal solution but then again who knows like i i think they're also going to look at uh like what you've been doing during the pandemic like if because i've seen so many bands that they're just not doing anything like once that pandemic hit they just shut down and said hey we haven't been to the studio yeah we don't have anything ready to record that we can record quickly you know so we're gonna just shut down so i was talking to uh the md of my band today because we've obviously been in communication for this friday show and one of the things that he said that really stood out he was just like there are one of two people right now Mm -hmm. there are people that are just sitting around doing nothing gaining weight letting life pass them by waiting for this to be over and there are those of us that choose to prepare for when it is over Mm -hmm. and so for me um you know, I've been still shooting music videos and and getting all of my concert tracks together. I'm not even booked for a tour right now, but I'm I'm planning my steps as yeah. if I'm preparing for a tour. Yeah. So that when tour season comes back and it presents itself, we're ready. Yeah. 
And so um, I think that, you know, different strokes for different folks, but I, I don't believe in just sitting around letting life pass me by. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, comply with quarantine when we were really on lockdown. Yeah. But even still, I was in the house teaching myself how to play the piano and yeah. working out from home and still being as productive as I can possibly be. And I think that's important in times like these. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. You said that there's two different types of people. And unfortunately for me, I think I'm both of them because I have been, I've been very much like just nose to the grindstone. I've been doing 18 hour days, you know, just doing as much as I can to make sure that I'm ready and live and amplified is ready for when the, uh, pandemic hits. So we can hit the ground running. We can make our trips, you know, all that fun stuff. Except I don't have any pants that fit me anymore. Wait, so are they get have they are they getting smaller or bigger? Um they they I can't button them. Oh brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was sitting here, I was like, cause right now it's like a lot of shorts, so it's like, okay, whatever, I'll just put on gym shorts and I'm not really going anywhere because I'm working remotely. But yeah. like Last weekend, I had to actually put on, like, proper shorts. I couldn't just walk out in gym shorts. Oh, man. And there was only one pair. I have all these shorts and only one pair I could squeeze myself into. I'm like, yo, these all used to be huge on me. What the hell happened? Yeah, I mean, brother, you're going to have to get it, get, get some type of routine going, take a yeah. jog. I got to stop eating five times a day. That's what it is. See, before, oh. when, I, when I actually had to go into the office – if I wanted to get a snack, I had to go walk 300 feet to the, to the, um, the cafeteria. But now it's like, maybe ah, true. That so is, it's right. I always thought twice before, like when I had to actually go like walk for it, it was like, do I really need that bag of Cheez-Its? Yeah. And now it's just like, if I really want to be lazy, I could just roll over there and grab my food and I'm happy. So. Well, see, luckily for me, I get skinnier when I'm not working out. So, like, um, I don't know how much of my social media you've seen, but sometimes I might post a little of my body, and I'm usually, like, really, like, puffed up, a little buff. But once I stop working out, it's like I deflate like a balloon. I just shrivel on up again. And just so luckily, that's kind of how it goes for me, which is equally frustrating because I don't want to be just a little puny little thing walking around. <laughs> but so now, I mean, I literally have like weights here. I have like these resistance yeah. bands. Um, I got a whole little mini little gym in my living room. Yeah. And that kind of gets the job done. Yeah. Because what I was doing before, what I was doing there for a while was I would tell myself I had to every day because my trash, I, I live in an apartment complex. So we have like a community dumpster and then like my mailbox is like even further than the community dumpster. So every day I have to take the trash out and I have to go to the mailbox. Those are my two rules that I have, except every time I found when I check my mail every day, there's never anything in it because I don't get that much mail to begin with. So I'm walking all the way out there for nothing. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then I just wasn't putting track like i yeah so it was just like i quickly found a way to get out of that i'm like yeah i should just at least you're getting some steps in yeah i I was trying to at least so we'll see but so you're originally from rockford which is where i was born i was i that is crazy if there's anybody from i don't know if people from back home have started watching this but we didn't even know that we were both from rockford guys yeah i was it was definitely something that I saw and I was like, wait a minute, did I post something in the Rockford music group page or is this from one of the LA groups? And it just happens to be a pure coincidence. Wow. So. Yep. I, I'm going to say it's probably been a pure coincidence. So, coincidence. so you got your start in Rockford. Um, and then one thing that I saw, which was really interesting was the Craigslist story about uh, find, going out on tour from, and, yeah. oh, was it like 2013? Yeah. Booking an international tour off of Craigslist? Yeah. 
craziest thing that ever happened. Um, I mean, this, this was, was like, um, this was obviously start? before Craigslist became a creepy place. I was literally about to just say that. <laughs> I swear that was going to be my next sentence. This was at a time where Craigslist was still pretty safe. Yeah. Um, Depending I mean, on where you were at in Craigslist, but yes. You know what? <laughs> True. Um, but I think that it was just of me being in the right place at the right time moment. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we had just come off of America's Got Talent the year before, and I was wanting to transition into doing music because I had been running a dance crew for mm -hmm. about eight years at that point. And I just remember just being like, dang, I want to sing. I want to do music. I want to do what I want to do. Because I had dedicated my life to those youth in Rockford and really trying to make a name for that brand. And uh, I looked on there one night and it said, seeking singers and dancers for an international tour. And I was like, all right. I've I'm got both of those covered. Got it. And uh, I, a month later, I was on a flight to China. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Because now you think about Craigslist and it's all just... Craziness. Cra it's scams yeah. and it's just, you just should stay away from it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah I've it, never done that today. Yeah. Well, and I think being a little bit older and a little bit wiser, even if you, even now back then in 2013, like if you were as old as you are now back in 2013, you may have second guessed definitely doing it. So, yeah. um, but let's, let's backtrack a little bit. What got you, you originally started off as a dancer. What got you into that? Into singing? Or no, into dan what 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 originally got you into dancing? Because you started as a dancer. What? Yeah. So dance, it was it was weird. So my mom calls dance my first gift. Mm -hmm. And uh I've always loved music and I've always loved singing. My grandfather was a singer. He had like a recording studio that I would play in at four and five and six years old. But dance um came about um it just came to me really easy. I was a natural dancer. Um, and I'd say when I started to take it serious, it was at a point in my life where I was battling depression and anger. And um, seventh grade, um, Eisenhower Middle School, I don't know if you're familiar with that school in Rockford, um, right off of Spring Creek. Okay. Seventh grade, Eisenhower Middle School, I entered the talent show. Um, doing a dancing Michael Jackson impersonation. And I got a standing ovation that night. And from there on, I think that was just a moment where I had decided this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, that standing ovation, I kind of think of it as like the first moment where I really felt seen in the world mm -hmm. and I kind of got attached to that feeling of just being appreciated for my gifts. And uh, I just did everything dance from there on. But the whole time I wanted to do music, it just so happened that dance was making me more successful faster. Yeah. And it kind of got to a point where I really wanted to sing, but everyone was telling me, you need to keep dancing. You're doing so great. Yeah. Keep dancing. But that breaking point was when we went on America's Got Talent because I'm sitting on television in front of millions mm -hmm. saying, chase your dreams. If you can dream it, you need to believe it so that you can achieve it. And to myself, I'm not even pursuing my real dream. Yeah. You're just doing something you happen to be good at. and. Yeah. But on the flip side, by doing that and getting on America's Got Talent, it gave you the ability and the credibility, like yeah. almost the instant credibility to go do whatever you really wanted to do. And that's the truth, because even as it pertained to transitioning into China, that was one of the things that they were able to use to advertise my show. You know, Alonzo, mm -hmm. Prince Alonzo at the time was my name. Prince Alonzo from America's Got Talent, it was a big deal. 
And so um, that's what I say. Everything does happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret America's Got Talent. It changed my life. But I just wish I was on there singing. And not, you know. And this was after the, like, the whole stint of America's Best Dance Crew that MTV did there for, right? Yeah, funny thing is, we got booked for America's Best Dance Crew the following year. Okay. No, not even the following year, in the same year. Um, but we just couldn't do it because it was in within the same year. And a lot of times, um, this oh, is what they do yeah. here in LA. When you're in the same year of, on one TV show, no other TV show wants you on because they've already seen you and they're not getting something fresh, which yeah. I don't, I think is the dumbest thing in the world. But from a television yeah. perspective, they feel like you're used already. And you haven't had a chance to kind of refresh yourself or refresh your routine, whatever, you know, depending on what you do or what you're doing. But like, I don't know, that is kind of weird. Thinking yeah, about it's, it. it's, it's so dumb to me because we could have gone on America's Best Dance Crew and really just did our thing. And it would have been completely different from America's Got Talent. On America's Got Talent, we had 14 dancers, on America's Best Dance Crew, you'd only have like six or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been a completely different thing, but just to use the name Fatally Unique mm-hmm. on another TV show within the same year, it was against our contract terms. Okay, gotcha. Could have went on ABDC with a different name. And I was like, absolutely not. No, we've, we've, we've built this and we've... Yeah. So um, how often do you go back to... Uh, uh, Rockford? I go to Rockford uh, as much as I can, not as often as I would like, but mm-hmm. I say a few times a year. I usually do like a school tour once a year. I'll go back and speak at a few of the different schools there. And then I try to go back for at least two holidays. And um, depending on what else is going on, like I had to go back for a funeral at the beginning of the summer. So that was not the most um, exciting trip, mm-hmm. but um, I, I definitely go back. It's I haven't um, just completely forgotten about Rockford. Some people of ours like don't forget about us, mm-hmm. go Hollywood on us. But yeah. yeah, I'm always heading back home, say hey to everybody. And the yeah. schools are the most important thing to me, so um, I always go and do that for sure. You know, it, it's one of those. obviously I never went to school in Rockford because I only lived there off and on for about six years. Um, And I ended up moving to like South Chicago. So like uh, Chicago Heights, like right there on the Indiana border. Mm -hmm. And when I, what's that? That's where my grandmother is. Oh, what uh, city? She is like right by Blue Island. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I lived in Linwood, Lansing, Hey, that was that was the two major towns that I stayed in, okay. but I, I when I left, I told myself that I'd never go back, just because there's sev- there's several different reasons, mm-hmm. but now that it's been almost ten years removed, every time I go back, nobody even remembers who I am. So it's like it's, it was just one of those things where it's like it served its purpose. Yeah, yeah. But now Rockford, I feel like I. I should go back more than I do, but I don't have any family there anymore because like my, uh, the only people that were there were my grandma and grandpa and they both passed away. And like my mom has like some cousins that live up there, but I was never really close to them. So it was like, you know, that's more her family, not my family, you know? So So there's no point. Yeah. But I I I say that I probably go back less if I didn't have so many people there. Yeah. Mom is still there. Um, my manager is still there. Mm-hmm. He, he comes to LA a lot, but he's still there. Um, so yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you picked up dancing and then made it all the way to America's Got Talent. Yep. Was going to do ABDC and then just kind of didn't because of contracts and TV and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and then so this is like right around 2012, right? 
Yep, that's 2012. We toured for about a year after America's Got Talent. Because America's Got Talent was 2011. Okay. So we toured from summer 2011 to summer 2012. And then the team kind of just went on a long hiatus because we were really dried out. And uh, I even went back to college after that. At least I tried, but I couldn't even stay in school because I was just ready to just imagine going back to college after being on the biggest television show in the world. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why am I in this classroom again? Like, I just came off of TV. I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh my gosh, the things that like the younger me, it just cracks me up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd say about six months after that, we were rolling into the year of 2013. And you know, that new year refreshness. And I was just like, oh, I got to do something. And I got to move quick. And so um, it was right around like February, March, where I sent that ad and um, I, I'd say it'd be, it was like April or May that I was already headed to China for the first tour. Now, remember, I went on to headline four tours after that. Oh, that wow. okay. And yeah. how, long, how long was that first tour? That first tour was about, well, it was supposed to be three months. I feel like we stayed an extra month, though. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I came back home at the end of that summer stayed home for about a month and they had already wanted me to come back for another tour. So I toured twice that year. Oh, wow. Okay. That summer and that fall. Oh, wow. That, yeah. It's a lot of touring, but Hey, you know, when now during this tour, because you hadn't really been pursuing music, were you doing a lot of cover stuff or were you doing a lot of uh, original all covers? All, yeah. I, I had done one original song at the time called Prince of Rock. Mm -hmm. It was never released on the platform, so you can't really find it anywhere now. But uh, it was a song that I wrote called Prince of Rock. And so we called it the Prince of Rock Tour because that's when we were starting to like figure out how to brand myself doing mm -hmm. it at that time. And uh, we went on to headline four more tours after that. But it was all covers. And people were always like, how are you selling out Doing tours in another country with other people's music I mean, and people do it all the time right i can't even i don't even know how it happened but it did <laughs> and i'm glad it did yeah i mean cover bands do it all the time so yeah. like there, there's a band out there called max sabbath yeah they do black sabbath covers and they make a kill in doing it so yep Oh, and I had no idea about the, now I do, because I, I work for a few cover bands here in LA now, but at that time, I had no idea that that was a thing. All I knew was that we are, now the cool thing was that we were doing a lot of nightclubs, so I think that's how we were able to get away with a lot of, like, licensing type of mm -hmm. situations, because a lot of people were like, how are you touring? and you don't have permission to tour singing these people's music. But we were touring nightclubs, and I think they were just going through back doors. And China always sneaking and doing stuff, mm. because nobody can really, they can't be censored anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, well, it's one of those yeah. things where I think as long as uh, the venue pays their ASCAP fees, it's not as big of an issue. Ah, that's how that works. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine that it'd be more complicated with, like, House of Blues and, like, really legitimate live music venues. Mm -hmm. But in this case, these were just nightclubs in China. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I was doing all covers. I mean, my first single, that was 2013 to 16, all of those tours. My first single just came out last year. Mm-hmm. 2019 and, was the release of my first song, and I had been touring years ago. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? Do it. 
Congratulations. Like you found a way to make it work. Like you were doing that international tours before you even had a single out. Like it's crazy. That that's not even a story you can make up in the movies. Like that you know, nobody does that, but you did. So um now, during this time when you were out on tour, are you writing original stuff and just kind of starting to experiment in that realm? Or Yes, know? we were we were trying our best to like really, really get some mo- keep the momentum going from that moment. Mm-hmm. So we're touring overseas, we're we're dipping and dabbing into possible EDM because oh, well. that's that EDM market was big at the time. Mm-hmm. Europe um, and China. I was I was performing in a lot of like techno clubs. So mm-hmm. that music, that's all the DJs played all night. And so we, I have been writing, we have been recording. I recorded so many songs between then and last year. But I think the reason why none of them ever came out is because I always knew that it did not quite live up to how I really saw myself as an artist and I would have I just I rather wait years to find my sound opposed to to just release stuff because that's what was popular at the time because I think I could have done really well doing some EDM stuff overseas Mm -hmm. but that just it, it wasn't what I felt I needed to do. And so um, I worked with a lot of people, recorded a lot of music, but it wasn't until I met the producer that just produced my whole album. His name is Eric Zane. He's here in, here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't until I met Eric that I really felt like this producer, music maker, artist really understands me and he understands the type of artist that I want to be. And so that's why all these songs coming out now, because he be just making hits. And I'm like, yes, this is how I want to sound. And by by the way of you waiting to kind of figure out what your sound is going to be and kind of crafting that instead of just doing what was hot at the moment, it sets you up for longevity. And now that you have your sound, you have your distinct sound. It's like, okay, now you're set up to run for the next however long you want to do music. But had you just kind of been, okay, I'm an international touring artist. I'm touring all over Asia, Europe, you know, wherever. And I'm recording all these EDM songs or what, you know, just whatever is popular right now. Then what happens when it becomes unpopular? Exactly, because it's not popular anymore. That moment came and went, which is why I don't go to China anymore. It came and went. I still have this app called WeChat on my phone. It's like the China's Facebook. Mm-hmm. Thousands of fans in that app that are always like, when are you coming back? Can you tour? Blah, blah, blah. All of the clubs, they don't do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. That moment literally came and went. And so when I look back at the the decisions that I made, it's just like we did set myself up for longevity now and I think that that is the game of the independent artist now anyway you know are you making moves for now or later mm-hmm. absolutely I, I'm not I mean I might look younger but I'm not necessarily young mm-hmm. and so um I definitely am thinking about the future yeah. and I have to be more strategic than these 20 year olds you know yeah, yeah absolutely you know you got to be you got to be more methodical with your moves and everything you do has got to have a purpose behind it, which is, you know, that, that's, that comes with wisdom, age, wisdom, you know, just being able to know that, okay, I'm not 21 anymore. I can't just go do any little damn thing that I want to do. You know, I got to be a little bit more strategic with what, what I want to do. So, you know, like you can't go on a five day bender touring across the country because you know it's just not possible well, i mean it's possible like i mean adderall adderall's a <laughs> drug but uh, i just you know, learned what that was last year by the way <laughs> yeah is i there Clay has been teaching me some things <laughs> you know it, it going to college adderall there's some people that would get addicted to adderall there's a Netflix documentary on um, on Adderall actually. That oh, I 
I haven't seen that. I I try and watch new stuff on Netflix, but I always find myself watching the same things. It's just like, eh, I don't know what that's about. Oh, I'm going to bed. I don't want to start something new. Let's watch Tiger King again. Uh, you like Tiger King? No, not really. It's just if I'm going to go to – if I because when I go to bed, I have to have – the tv on and if i'm gonna put something on tv it's gonna be something i've seen 800 times so i don't feel bad when i wake up true and it's like crap where did i where did i leave off you know yeah i totally get that so it's got to be something that i've watched 800 times so Mm -hmm. i get it but so you you, you're just how long have you when was the last time you went to china on tour my last tour in china was 2016 Okay, so it's been a quite a few, or not quite a few, a few years since you've been to China. Um, and then last year, you released your very first single. What was that process kind of like going, actually going in? Did you know when you were working on the song and recording it that this was going to be the first single that you wanted to release? Or was it like, okay, maybe, I don't know, we'll see how it goes? Yeah, so the... The second single, Save Me For Myself, was the first song that we recorded. And at the time, I was like, nope, this is not a single. Mm-hmm. So when we went in the studio and recorded Your Medicine, I literally went in the studio that day with the intention of coming out with a single. I was like, we need to like, I need a single. My This is my first song. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we... What inspired that song was uh, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. Okay. You you know that song? No, uh, I'm not a big Jonas yeah. Brothers fan. I, I don't I'm not a Jonas Brothers fan either. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't like them, but I don't really know much about them either. But he put the song on and I was like, the uh, that verse started and it was really cool. Like they were... Uh, the music was just really cool. And I was like, okay, I could mess with this. Okay. So anyway, he kind of like, one of the things that we do is we find some inspiration and then we kind of go off into our own road, you mm. know? And so that's what happened with that first single. But when we came out that day, I knew for sure that was going to be the first single. And from then on, you know, I started to um, record songs here and there. Um, it was a pretty expensive just to record one song, so I had to especially pay probably out in LA, right? Yeah, it, I mean, I there are cheaper routes, but once again, I'm big on doing things the right way, mm-hmm. and so um, I had to pace myself with my recording schedule because I could not afford to do it all at one time, and uh, you know, we just did a little at a time, and then I really, really um anchored in and recorded the bulk of my album from December 3rd to March 3rd of this year. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So is the single that you released back in 2019, is that going to be on the upcoming album or is, okay. Yep. And that was my, that, that charted at 80 in the rock charts. That was in the top 100. So my first single charted on iTunes in the top 100. I was like, what? (laughs) and it was right around like i want to say earth wind and fire and and somebody else i was like okay we're doing good but even still i think it was just it was this transitioning moment of me really really ain't like getting down to the music because it was about that time like the last tour was 2016 Mm -hmm. and from then to now i had been performing in a lot of clubs here so I was singing in Hollywood and in West Hollywood. And I don't know if you ever heard of Whiskey A Go-Go off the Sunset Strip, the Viper Room off the Sunset Strip, um, the Sayers Club in Hollywood. And I had been singing covers at all these clubs. Every night I get off stage, people are like, oh my gosh, where can I hear your music? And I'm like, uh, I ain't got none. <laughs> you got to hear me a lot. Well, and you know, that's the interesting, not the that's the wrong way to do it because there are a lot of bands out there that they don't record like if you want to hear them you got to hear them live Mm. and then they'll do like maybe if you're lucky they'll do like a live album or something but for the most part they don't record Hmm. period 
but I, I think that could have been me because you you really had to witness me in person if you were going to see me do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because, like, I mean, studio time is – studio time's not – like, if you're, like, doing it right and going to, like, a proper studio with producers, engineers, you know, all that stuff, and set – like, for you – or do you play with one solid band or is it all pretty much session players and they just kind of whoever's available live or for my music both so i have a band for my music like my band's gonna play with me this friday mm-hmm. so that's my solid band they've been with me for about two years okay but in the studio eric plays everything oh wow <laughs> There's Sorry. nothing that that man, he's, he, he's just like a genius, bro. Like he can get on the keys, grab the guitar, grab the bass. He, he, he just, those gears be turning in his brain and he's just like a one man show. It's really powerful to watch actually. Um, and yeah, that's all, every single song that has, is out right now or on my album has been produced by this man. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so are you planning on doing a music? So you just released a new single, I, I think we decided two weeks ago or 10 days ago, because I'm looking at my thing. Um, it's called S- uh, Sex, and, Sex and You. Sex and You. Okay. I don't know why. I was like, I for whatever reason, I had Color Me Bad in my head at uh, uh, the name of their song, um, I Want to Sex You Up. <laughs> I I don't know why that popped into my head. I was like, nope, that's wrong. What are you talking about, Tom? That is 100% wrong. Uh, so that's uh, Sex and You just released uh, about 10 days ago. Yep. Um, what's the feedback been for that sing- single before we jump into anything else? The, the best feedback that I've gotten yet. Okay. And it's really cool to see like that everything is always being stepped up, you know, like first I charted top 100 this time, sex and you debuted top at 21 on the iTunes charts. I was battling on the charts for hours. And we got so many screenshots of this between Tony Braxton, John legend, Chris Brown, Chloe and Hallie, all just with blowing around. And I was just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I was the only independent artist in the top 20, mm-hmm. even in the top 30 at that moment. Everyone else is signed to a record label. Yeah. And um, it was just really cool to see. So um, Sex and You was, was, I feel like has been so far like my most successful song. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's, I, I need to like, simmer down for a second thinking that I'm somebody because I only got three songs out (laughs) but my most successful song out of three and uh the music video is going to come out in a few weeks and I I believe to my core that that's my best music video yet and I expect amazing feedback from that so so far it's been really amazing awesome and uh so for the music video because I know so you just said you're getting ready to release one for sex and you here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You also released one for the previous single yes. in 2019. Uh, do you have a guy or a person that you go to to do your music videos or is it all pretty much just you? Yes, yeah, so um, I work with the, as, as you, you notice that I always work with the same people. Hey, that's good though. That is a really good thing. Cause oh, bro, I don't, I, I, I'm an amazing, I'm really nice and all of that but I keep a very small close-knit circle mm-hmm. as it pertains yeah. to work. And it's so important for an artist to have a very solid team, even when it's a small team. And so, you know, Eric, he produces all of my music, not to say that I won't ever work with someone else, but right now I'm just comfortable only working with him musically. So yeah. music video wise, uh, the director that I work with is a guy by the name of Marshall King. And he's directed all of my music videos up until this point amazing director here in Los Angeles. Um, and he, he kind of does directing on the side because he's really an art director. Um, 
which an art director kind of like helps to bring the sets to life on sets of music videos. So like he'll be doing a video for Drake and he'll be working with the director to get the props or the cars or the whatever for that music video. Um, but his, his other passion is directing and coming and really creating beautiful images. And um, it's been really, really cool to work with the same guy for the last three videos because it seems that we're all growing together through this process. So this third video, honestly, is just, every video is, is cool and amazing. But this one, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's just beautiful to look at. And then the song is amazing. It just all comes together. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I don't want to keep you too much longer because it is. How long have we been on here? Uh, almost an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So. Um, oh, we got comments coming on. I didn't even see the comments. It's a, yeah, it's, it's been going pretty smoothly. I was, I looked up and I was like, wait, what time is it? Oh crap. We've been here for almost an hour. What is going on right now? Oh, um, so, wow. you know, it's, it's the Rockford thing. We just kind of jumped into that and you know, it, it, it was all, it was all okay. a pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you, you kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier. You, you spoiled your own surprise, but you're doing a show this Friday and tomorrow you'll have more specific details. Yes, I will. I'll be posting a little announcement video and a flyer, but yeah, I am going to be performing live on Friday. This will be my only show of 2020 and it's going to be like a 45 minute concert. Like we're doing a few songs from the album that aren't even released. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. Yeah, you're doing it big. That's that's the way. Right. Got to do it right. Yeah. Um, and then during the pandemic, you've been really just kind of doing everything you can to prepare for life after quarantine. Yeah. Um, that's awesome that, you know, like, I mean, being a full-time musician, like, if you're not doing shows... Got it. Are you you are you trying to draw from new influences by any chance, or are you just learning new instruments? And yeah, so I taught myself how to play piano, mm -hmm. uh, which I've always wanted to learn. Um, and it was really cool process because I used this app, um, which I'm not going to plug because they ain't paying me for that. But <laughs> this app literally just taught me how to read music and and play chords and it was just so easy because I failed piano class in high school um so to go back to it and like pick it up and learn um, has been really really cool as far as like influences I think that uh I've just been letting the journey of music kind of like have its way and so um I'm inspired by so many different types of music. And uh, I mean, a lot of people will continue to bring Prince up, like even Sex and You. You, li you listen to Sex and You, everybody's like Prince all day. And, and that's the truth, you know? Um, he's really influenced on me. But I think that once the album comes out, everybody will understand that I'm not only Prince influenced. Um, there are so many different sounds on the album and, yeah. and different moods that I go with different songs, but that falsetto, princey vibe um, is in Sex and You and a few others. But, awesome. Yeah. awesome. And then you said you pushed the entire album, the full album back till next year because of the pandemic when you can get out and tour. Um, yeah. Is there a place that you haven't had a chance to play yet that you'd really like to? my hometown. Rockford, okay. Yeah, I honestly, since I was, I'd, I wanna say like eight years old, I've always wanted to headline, um, it used to be called the Metro Center, but mm -hmm. they call it the Rockford BMO Center now. Yep. That's been my dream venue. For many people, it's Madison Square Garden or, you know, it's big places. And on that Prince tour that I did last year, cause I did a tour like, uh, in connection with the Prince Estate last year. And we did Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado, which is oh, a wow. huge yeah. 
US that, well. That's booked out for the next like three years. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. But uh for me, my dream show is to have the stadium in my hometown sold out and just that would be the biggest moment of confirmation for me and a full circle that that little boy that used to stand on a sidewalk at eight years old and staring at that big place saying, I'm going to do this one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be crying and everything. It is just, that'll be the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's cause I remember that that's where like the, the hockey team plays and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really many concerts that go there. I mean, Carrie Underwood sells that place out pretty often. I don't understand why she tours Rockford so often, but she does. Yeah. And, like, uh, that, that's kind of a random, a random yeah. one for her, but yeah. yeah she goes there. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and hopefully that can be something to check off my list in the next two years or so. Yeah. That'd be really sick. You know, it's just go do, like, especially now with everybody wanting, like once this whole pandemic ends, everybody's going to want to go see shows. They were going to want to go. Yeah. I mean, it's so healing, you know? I mean, the thing is, is that I just feel like it'll be the thing that comes back last. Yeah. Because to get that many people in the same room indoors, yep. you know, we're going to have to be way past the vaccine at that point, you know? Um, And so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Because I know myself included, so many artists miss the stage. And it's just, it's the thing that drives us, you know, it's the mm-hmm. reason why many of us even feel like living. Yeah. Because it really fuels our spirit. And so to not have that, it, it's kind of like we're having to fill that void with different things, but none of it is good enough because mm-hmm. using our gift on stage is what really the, the God-given ability that we've been given. Like, no, everyone's not a singer. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where you'd mentioned that it's going to probably be one of the last things that come back. And it's like, at least on the bigger scale, like I'm sure I haven't said this in a really long time, but, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of bigger name acts playing the smaller venues. Like if, so say if you got like, I'll use Ed Sheeran as an example, because he's only like, like a, a true musician that loves to play music. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him do like a House of Blues tour or, you know, something like that. We're going to have to, because it'll make people too nervous to put a hundred thousand people in a, in a, yeah. in a, an arena again. But I hope they can. I do know that they're going to, those are the big stars will be the first people to go back out because they got to make all that money again that they've lost yeah. over the last year. Um, right. they'll, they'll figure out a way to make the stadium shows work for them. Yeah. And the cost of tickets fluctuates anyway. So if they go in saying, okay, we can only fill it at, I don't know, 40% capacity of like whatever it would normally be. Okay, yeah. then that just means the ticket prices are going to go up because people are going to be willing to pay more, mm-hmm. which, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I was just reading online that, like, the UK is starting to see another spike in their cases. With COVID? Yeah, with COVID. Yikes. And because we've got, I've got a lot of friends that live over in the UK. And so they're sharing and reposting that back on, back or starting Monday, they're going to be going back into like a stricter lockdown. Wow. And I, and I heard that they were doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, like, as I know here in central Texas, we're doing pretty good. Like just this week we've dropped pretty significantly, but that also doesn't take into consideration that yesterday school or no today school started. So we'll see what, you know, Yeah. we'll, we'll see what that does. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't know. But not to not to end everything on a sour note. Oh no! You know what? This is our life right now. 
And I think that it's so important to be talking about these things because we have to face the reality of what's happening. And then we can make a decision from there. Mm -hmm. And the decision that I make is to keep things moving. I don't care who's president, what a pandemic is going on or anything. I don't believe that there's an element on earth that can stop destiny. And so for me, it's so important to just stay focused. And for whatever that means, um, that's what I choose right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So to kind of end this on a more, on a, on a, on a higher note or no inspirational note that that, that's what we're going to end this on. What keeps you motivated? What keeps me motivated? I think um, surrounding myself with inspiration is a big thing. Like you see my wall behind me. Mm -hmm. All the words are backwards right now, but it says today is a new day. You can start fresh, embrace compassion, justice, ask for help, offer hope, love wealth. You know, these these types of, of, of things that I always put into my head kind of keep me on point with what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, over there, you can't see it, obviously, and I'm not going to face the camera because... <laughs> but my vision board is over there and I, and, and it's right in front of my, it's the first thing that I see when I wake up every day. So it says, you know, I am enough and I am love and I am light and we can do this. And, um, just really surrounding myself with motivating things. And I think when all fails, um, all I need to do is think of my mother you know, that on the days that I really don't feel like getting up, it's like the things that I want to do to um, just to to make my mother proud and to, you know, it's every son's dream to buy their mom a house mm. and that kind of stuff. And so um, that really keeps me motivated. But um, I think that really just surrounding myself with motivation and people that support me and love me, um, it keeps me going for sure. But I have days, you know, um, as we all, I have days where I don't feel like doing anything. And, and it's just really important to have tools in place that you, huh, I need to call this person. Hmm. Let me do this. Listen to this. I love listening to like motivational YouTube videos. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's... I'm not talking like just like, oh, the sky is blue. Like, no. The videos I listen to are, you can do this. Oh, Your yeah. dreams are real. You better get up and fight. Like, I listen to that when I'm working out. Yep. And that makes me push the weight. And it, like, I have to really trick my brain into stuff. And that's how I do it. Yep. I I got into the like early on during this pandemic and I probably need to start doing it and start doing it again. I do the exact same thing where like right before I go to bed, I'd find like I'd just type in motivational video into YouTube and just like exactly what I do. Whatever I was feeling, I was like, Okay, I, I need more creative more creative input. So I find something with creativity. Yeah. Except I found out that when I do that, I'd stay up for another four hours just because I was so motivated to go do something. And it's just like, yo, it's two o'clock in the morning. Get your ass to bed. What do you do? See, I do it at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And and mainly because what I was doing was I wanted to help inspire other people. So I'd go look for a video posted on Facebook Mm-hmm. So when people woke up, it was sitting there right in front of them. And then I just found like, I was getting so hyped and it was already so late. And I was just like, crap, yeah. what am I doing? Stop. But That's serious. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's all good though. I, I, I don't mind, I guess. I don't know. So, but, um, so where can everybody, uh, find your music and find you online? You know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the place where I'm the most active is Instagram. Um, 
if you just follow me at story of Alonzo, that's my Instagram. There's a link at the top of my Instagram that you can get to my website, join my mailing list, um, and really just be see what's happening next. The, the link to the single is there. The link to the show on Friday is there. Everything's at that link at the top of my Instagram. Awesome. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm always tracking my journey from there. And uh, you know, it is a journey. Um, I also want to take this time to thank you. You know, I remember like a time where people were not interested in hearing anything that I had to say or anything about my story. And so I really appreciate um, people like you with your type of platforms because, you know, before uh, an Ellen or Oprah or a real big thing, it's this stuff. And Mm -hmm. these are the moments that are laying the foundation for um, what's really going to happen in my career. And so I don't forget these. I don't forget people like you because you make a big difference. And, um, you know, we might have only had 10 people on here today, but it's it doesn't even matter because we are laying the foundation. And so I appreciate you taking the time to even interview me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy. Like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, as I was getting ready and I saw you were from Rockford and I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good interview. Like I've never interviewed anybody from Rockford from my, honestly, can I, no, I can say I lived in Rockford because I, I was yeah. technically uh, in Roscoe. Okay. That's you're yeah. like yeah. minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, but then again, my parents were like, no, we actually lived in Rockford when you were born. I was like, I don't remember any of this. I was like yeah. a month old, so whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, no, so when I saw that, I was just like, okay, cool. This is going to be great. I'm really excited. And then, you know, I saw the Craigslist thing and I was like, that is so funny. And glad it didn't end up being something creepy. You know? I'm glad. <laughs> so, no, but it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and chat with you. And if you ever want to do it again, let me know. Oh, we will get you on. We'll figure it, figure out a way to make it work. So down. You just let me know when, send me the link and I'll select another day. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. But once again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys. Bye.